Chapter Thirty Five of Fifty Years a Detective. Thirty Five Real Detective Stories. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. Fifty Years a Detective. Thirty Five Real Detective Stories by Thomas Furlong chapter thirty five long hunt for a defaulter incidents connected with the arrest of e t simmons which is accomplished after much hard work his conviction in eighteen seventy three e t h simmons was employed as bookkeeper in the oil city savings bank at oil city pennsylvania simmons was about twenty-eight years of age and married he had borne a good reputation was cultured pleasant and mild-mannered and also known to be very industrious and his associates were the best young people in the community by perseverance and his strict attention to business he had risen from a messenger boy in the bank to head bookkeeper he married a young and handsome lady who was an adopted daughter of a prominent citizen of oil city by the name of hiram Hoag this young woman had been raised by her adopted parents in luxury and was stylish and naturally extravagant after her marriage to simmons her extravagant habits seemed to increase to the extent that her husband's salary was not large enough to supply her demands his affection for her and his desire to satisfy her every wish led him to steal the funds from the bank at first he took the money in small amounts which he covered by falsifying the accounts the authorities of the bank noticed that there was something wrong in the accounts and immediately and quietly employed the services of an expert accountant unbeknown to simmons the head bookkeeper on the morning that the expert accountant appeared at the bank and took charge of the books simmons suddenly feigned illness and left the bank for his home from which he immediately disappeared for parts unknown his wife remaining in her home in oil city mr mulweeny president of the bank promptly engaged the services of what was then considered the greatest detective agency in the united states to locate and apprehend simmons however the operatives of the detective agency referred to after a number of months had been consumed and a large amount of expense incurred by them had failed to locate the fugitive finally the president mr mulweeny requested me to try and locate simmons in the meantime simmons wife had quietly left oil city unbeknown to any person outside of the family who had raised her it being but natural for that family to keep her whereabouts a secret i undertook the case only after the earnest entreaty of president mulweeny as a matter of fact i thought that the bank authorities should have applied to me in the first place after simmons had disappeared and before they had engaged the detective agency by reason that the then far-famed detective agency had incurred an enormous bill of expenses and finally failed I bent all my energy towards the task and succeeded in a remarkably short space of time 
in tracing simmons movements from the time he left oil city i found that he had gone to new york city found there that he had boarded a ship for panama central america and learned there that he had crossed the isthmus to aspawal and again boarded a ship from there to san francisco at san francisco he landed i learned and had gone across the bay to oakland california where he engaged lodgings and a short time after having arrived there he had obtained a position on board a steamship as assistant purser the ship was then plying between san francisco and victoria british columbia i also ascertained that a wealthy old bachelor uncle of simmons resided in san francisco and was a large stockholder and director in the steamship line by which simmons was employed as assistant purser i afterwards learned that it was through the influence of this uncle that simmons had secured the position with the company this uncle was about seventy years of age and was what was known as a forty-niner he was among the earliest of the mine prospectors who had gone overland to california in the year eighteen forty nine at the conclusion of my investigation i found that the steamship on which simmons was an officer was due to arrive in san francisco a few days later in the meantime i ascertained that simmons wife had joined her husband in oakland and that they had fitted up a comfortable little cottage in the suburbs of that town so i quietly awaited the arrival of the ship mr simmons was employed on in due time the ship arrived and i took up a position where i could plainly see every one that left the ship finally after all the passengers had left the officers began to leave the ship for their homes and among them i noticed e t m simmons simmons had changed his uniform for a suit of plain business clothes and it being after dark in the evening i had but little trouble in following him unobserved i shadowed him until he reached his residence on tenth street in oakland where he was met at the door by his wife and his mother who appeared to be on a visit at his home i then withdrew and learned that the ship would remain in port forty-eight hours the following morning i took a train from oakland to sacramento california for the purpose of procuring the necessary requisition papers which would authorize me to arrest and convey simmons from california back to venango county pennsylvania as the authorized agent for the state of pennsylvania this i accomplished in a few moments having already procured all the necessary papers with the exception of the signature of the governor of california i returned to oakland the same day at about ten o'clock after first having ascertained that simmons was at his home i accompanied by detective james coffee of san francisco whom i had requested to assist me approached simmons cottage i requested officer coffee to ring the front doorbell while i took up a position on the porch at the back door coffee as instructed vigorously rang the front doorbell 
when simmons who had gone to bed heard the bell he at once sprang from his bed and wrapping his clothes in a bundle not waiting to put them on ran to the back door hastily opened it and ran headlong into my arms i heard him instructing his wife or mother as he left his room not to open the front door until he had time to get out of the back door this cottage being in the suburbs there was a large open space of ground at the rear of the cottage which was thickly covered with live oak trees and if simmons had succeeded in getting away from the cottage and among the live oaks he would have effectually been hidden by the dense foliage and would in all probability have made his escape we at once took him to san francisco and by reason of my having known him so well and favorably i did not lock him up but instead took him to my room where i kept him until train time when we took the oakland train for omaha pittsburgh and oil city where we arrived in due time and safe with but a single incident of importance on the trip before leaving san francisco i told simmons that if he would stay close to me during our trip homeward i would not place him in irons and that no person on the train not even the crew would know that he was a prisoner he agreed to this and everything went along swimmingly until after midnight on the second night out of san francisco simmons and i occupied a lower single berth in the pullman simmons was sleeping next to the window and i occupied the side next to the aisle i had made it a rule not to let simmons go to sleep and kept talking to him just as long as i could keep awake myself the result was that simmons got to the point that he was ready to drop into slumber as soon as i would allow him to do so by stopping talking to him in those days i could stand the loss of sleep if it was necessary on the second night as i said while i was feigning sleep i noticed simmons was also playing possum finally he quietly turned the bedspread down off of himself and then noiselessly took his wearing apparel from the hammock which was above him and proceeded to creep over me into the aisle with his clothes under one arm i lay perfectly quiet and did not disturb him until he had succeeded in reaching the aisle when i suddenly grabbed him by one of his limbs and threw him back into the berth he strenuously denied that he was trying to escape and protested that he was merely restless and thought he would sit up a while and not disturb me but as a matter of fact he was really attempting to escape from the train this occurred in a desert in utah but after that he behaved himself and made me no further trouble after we arrived in oil city he was locked in the county jail in default of bail and when his case was called he pleaded guilty to the charge of embezzlement and was sentenced by the honorable john m trunkey at franklin pennsylvania to a term of ten years in the western penitentiary of pennsylvania which is at allegheny city however after he had pleaded guilty and received his sentence and before he had been taken to the penitentiary he received a letter from his wife written from oakland california 
in which she coolly and heartlessly informed him that as he had pleaded guilty to a charge of felony and had been sentenced to a term in prison that she had decided to avail herself of her legal privilege under the existing conditions and apply for a divorce from him which the law would grant her on the ground that he was a convicted felon and that she had made up her mind to marry his wealthy old uncle the forty-niner who had procured simmons his position on the steamship she immediately proceeded to carry out her plans she wound up her letter by saying that she would rather be an old man's darling than a felon's slave the contents of this letter almost broke simmons heart every person in and about oil city who knew him knew that it was through her extravagance and love of luxury that he had committed the crime and when the contents of this letter became known the sympathy of all who knew simmons was aroused in his favor and the best people in the community including the officers of the bank whose funds he had embezzled filed a petition with the governor of the state for a pardon for him this petition was later signed by the prosecuting attorney and by judge trunkey himself meanwhile simmons had been taken to the penitentiary but he only remained there a short time until the governor of the state pardoned him on his release he went immediately to california to find his former wife now the wife of his old uncle and at once instituted proceedings for the custody of their child which he easily obtained the child was born a short time after his father's arrest and simmons had never seen his son simmons obtained employment in the passenger department of a large railroad company this position he filled credibly for a number of years his former wife visited oil city about two years after her marriage to the second husband she was accompanied by a couple of maids and a number of trunks which contained many costly robes and gowns during her stay in oil city she called on a number of her girlhood friends and acquaintances but it so happened that they were all out when she called and finding it impossible to meet them she as the soldiers say hiked from oil city and so far as the writer knows has never been heard of in that city since end of chapter thirty five recording by john brandon